0: Ladies and gentlemen and Corner Kick fam, welcome back to the Corner Kick podcast. And in lieu of a regular episode this week, I am joined by my Arsenal
1: supporting co-host, Nathan Strauss. Hello, hello. A very disappointed Nathan Strauss. Yeah, Um, we
0: just finished watching Chelsea equalize at the death against the very game West Bromwich Albion side.
1: (laughs) Wait, Nick... (laughs) I'm realizing now that this day must have been absolute hell for you because it starts off with United becoming the first team ever to win a game after the final whistle. And then you had to see Everton just you know tear apart Crystal Palace. And then Chelsea coming back from West Brom. That's like three of probably your three most hated teams, right? All yeah. with surprise results today.
0: Dude, it was the trifecta of dog <laughs> Especially the... I don't really want to get started on Manchester United, the penalty situation... And the after winning the game after a final whistle, I mean, well, we can, we might save that for a different different time in a different place. But Nathan, today, I think our eyes are on Monday evening afternoon's match between Liverpool and Arsenal at Anfield in a game that can only be described as
1: the corner kick Classico. indeed, it is the corner kick Classico. Lately, surprisingly, the corner kick Classicos have been going my way. And I say lately, I mean in the last like four months, Um, because Arsenal have a truly dreadful record at Anfield, um, stretching all the way back to basically the 1980s. Arsenal will have to play at Anfield twice in a row, first on Monday in the league, and then next on Thursday in the EFL Cup. How likely do you think it is that Klopp uh, rotates very, very heavily for the second game? Do you think that his focus is pretty much exclusively on the league and then the Champions League at this point.
0: Yeah, I think his press conference after the Lincoln game was pretty revealing in what, how, I think, how he's going to approach the domestic competitions this season. Cause I think we're used to Klopp. I don't want to say like Klopp is guilty of not prioritizing the domestic competitions, but that is the case. Like he literally sent the U23 manager to manage two games in, in the EFL, the quarterfinal of the EFL Cup and the FA Cup. So I, I think that's just because Liverpool had grander ambitions last season. Klopp will try to gun a little bit for a domestic trophy this season, especially since we've already won the league. It, As I think we've alluded to on the regular podcast, it is a hard task to recharge yourself for another league campaign, especially in a season which everyone around us has strengthened. So I think we saw two things from the Lincoln game, the Lincoln game, which Liverpool's second team essentially beat League One Lincoln 7-2 away from home. And I think we saw, A, the fact that Klopp, I think, is going to go a little bit more for an EFL Cup or an FA Cup, but also just how deep Liverpool's squad is now. Now that all these players are back from loan, the youngsters have had another year to develop and look far more integrated in the side than they did last season. Like Curtis Jones, Jordan Shakiri, Marco Griech, Kostas Simakas, Rhys Williams, and Neko Williams, they all look like they would be reliable options coming off the bench in a Premier League game. So I just think that Klopp realizes that he is blessed with an abundant squad full of talents now, a talent, talent that he didn't have last season to rotate for the games when we were away at the the club world cup and the champions league and those types of competitions so i think maybe he will look to have a bit more of a go at the domestic competitions this season
1: yeah i think that makes sense um uh, and also it's sort of hard given the sort of trajectory of liverpool that going from winning you know a champions league and a club world cup to focusing on a, a you know the third or the second rate domestic trophy can be you know a little bit of a Hard task for your elite players, but when you have so many young talents breaking through, it makes sense that they'd be given their their run out. And when you have capable de- veterans like Shakiri, uh, who can sort of help the team along uh, in games like that, I thought his goal was great. There's no reason why you know Liverpool's A minus B plus team can't challenge with uh, most other teams. In England's uh, A team.
0: Yeah, Nathan, I have a question for you about the. I want to talk about this Premier League clash coming up on Monday. Even though that Liverpool got a pretty, pretty decent result away at Stamford Bridge last weekend, I think it is clear that the Reds have yet to hit their full stride quite yet this season. We were all a little underwhelmed by their performance against Leeds United, and I think the first forty-five minutes against Chelsea certainly showed that teams are going to be a little bit more competitive with Liverpool this season. However, seeing seeing the way that Liverpool have started the season in the Premier League, are you a bit more confident coming to Anfield than you have been in recent years?
1: Oh, man, it's hard because there was a time when Arsenal were coming to Anfield in December of two years ago, and the massive 22-game unbeaten run, I believe, had just come to an end under Unai Emery in the sort of false hope era of things and I believe that game finished 5-1 to Liverpool and I think Arsenal scored first in that game too and I was like all ready to rub it in uh, and I think that's probably the most confident I've ever been in a game at Anfield seeing how Liverpool struggled t- to a certain degree against Leeds and then uh, in their last match as well I wouldn't say that I'm confident I just think that right now Arsenal are a much more known quantity I mean at this point this is going to be Mikel Arteta's third time coming up against Liverpool and I don't think that he's had three matches against any other side yet we've sort of seen Arsenal's blueprint for success against Liverpool at this point we know they'll set up in that 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-3 with a pretty you know compact low block but I do think that Arsenal's core is going to be fairly different from certainly uh the 2-1 victory in the league where we saw you know, David Luiz and Reese Nelson start. Now we're going to have Willian starting on the right wing. We're going to have Gabriel Magalhaes, who's looked quite good, um, likely starting at center back. And with Kieran Tierney at left center back, it lets a player like Bukayo Saka come in, um, or Ainsley and Niles come he in. Fit? Uh, he fit? He should be fit for Monday. I think they didn't play him at midweek because they wanted to keep him as ready as possible. For Anfield, I would, yeah, I would say I'm I'm more confident in our ability to get a result. And I think it helps, too, because going into those previous two games, I just sort of thought, well, Liverpool are this juggernaut. And, you know, we have hardly stood a chance against them in the last five years. And I don't see why I should even bother. And then we sort of were able to force Liverpool into mistakes. And I think there has been a bit of a coming down to earth, especially for Virgil van Dijk so far uh, this year. I think he's looked sort of human again, uh, and we saw him play 45 minutes uh, in the league, or in the cup, rather, at midweek as well. An interesting decision, obviously, brought about by sort of your your frailties at centre-back. If I had to predict, I think Arsenal probably lose the game on Monday. Uh, I think there's still a bit of rust in the squad. I think we're still looking to get some more players in, at especially Hwasam Awar. And I think that whereas Arsenal were able to withstand the barrage, uh, you know, we got outshot twenty-four to three in that league game earlier this year. Uh, I think that's sort of like catching lightning in a bottle, and I'm not entirely convinced we'll be able to do it again. But I do think that Arteta has a certain amount of belief, as we have been able to get, you know, technically four points from the, the last two encounters. <laughs> well, here's a question: Do you think Klopp goes to the traditional? starting 11, his full-strength side for the league game on Monday? Or do you think, given the past results, does he try to change it up a little bit?
0: No, I think he wants to beat Arsenal at Anfield. I think there is a certain fortitude that Klopp has prioritized when it comes to defending Anfield at all costs. I think he absolutely hates to concede any ground at home. And that is epitomized by the fact that Liverpool are 60 games unbeaten in the league at Anfield. That is an absurd amount of Premier League matches that they've gone unbeaten at home. I actually think it's 3 seasons in the league unbeaten for Liverpool at Anfield. And I think even without, you know, the raucous Anfield crowd that's famous all over the world, there is still something about teams coming to Anfield that is intimidating because it is a ground where anything can happen for Liverpool. There is sort of an there is like an a magic elixir associated with with the ground. I don't know if it's like planted underneath some sort of like biblical spring or whatever, but just the impossible seems to happen frequently at Anfield. And I think Klopp has manifested it back into the fortress that it was in the 70s and 80s. He absolutely hates, 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 hates conceding any sort of ground to any team at Anfield. So I think we do see a full-strength Liverpool. Jordan Henderson isn't going to be available for this game, which for me is a bit of a concern just considering our win-loss record when he is in the side versus not in the team. However, there's two elements that I'm really looking forward to. Element 1A is Fabinho at center back. I think Fabinho looked tremendous defending Timo Werner away at Stamford Bridge. I think people forget that this is someone who was brought up playing right back and center back at Monaco, and he has an acute awareness of how to operate in a back four. And I think especially alongside Virgil van Dijk, you have two players there who potentially, along with Thiago, and we'll we'll come on to Thiago, are the two most intelligent players in Liverpool squad, just in the way that they manage games and they dictate the play and they snuff out chances. I was really, really impressed with the way that Fabinho performed against Chelsea at centre-back. And I think that same type of intelligent performance is going to be needed against someone like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who tore Joe Gomez and Nico Williams apart in the Community Shield game in in that opening 20 minutes. So I think that some real fortitude on that side is going to be needed. And I think Fabinho is the man to do that job and allow Liverpool's new ace, Thiago Alcantara, to roam his position in the midfield, in the six, in the eight. And I think you talk about the way that Arteta has set up in the previous two games against Liverpool, that really well-drilled low block. I think there is no one better to disassemble that low block than the elite passing talent that has already been on display in 45 minutes in the Liverpool shirt. The man looked like he'd been training with the team for years. It was incredible to watch the way that Thiago seamlessly fit into the Liverpool side, albeit against a 10-man Chelsea. And I think it was the most passes by anyone in a 45-minute debut for Thiago. So I'm extremely excited to see him slot into the starting 11. And anytime Klopp answers a question about Thiago, his face just beams with excitement and happiness because I think he knows how much of a coup it is that he's able to integrate a world-class player like that into the side. So Nathan, how concerned are you about coming up against Thiago
1: for the first time in the Liverpool 11? Uh, I'm not that concerned. I mean, there's not that much of a substantive difference to me between seeing Thiago in the midfield and seeing Fabinho at CDM with Henderson. The absence of Henderson is pretty key uh, because I think he provides this incredible ability to switch play and that really opens up Arsenal at times with diagonals. And I think Thiago gives you a lot more close control. Um, But obviously, he's a world-class midfielder assuming that he starts, uh, which is no guarantee. He's starting. But you think he's starting? I absolutely think he's starting.
0: With Henderson out, I think he's the guy who's uh, going to come in. Let me put it
1: this way. I don't think that Liverpool gets significantly better with him in the team and Henderson out of the team, if that makes sense. like The loss of Henderson, in my mind, pretty much equals the addition of Thiago. And that speaks more to the impact of Henderson as a leader and a distributor uh, than it does to you know any deficiencies Thiago might have. But I think it's going to be very exciting. A lot depends on, you know, whether Arsenal can get the first goal. Because as we saw in both of the games that we've played so far this year, once Arsenal got that, that opening goal, it opened up more space for them on the counter-attack. And when you have Aubameyang playing, you know, as basically a, a winger and Lacazette basically playing as a center midfielder, that's sort of where we're going to be looking to capitalize on things. So... If the the longer we can hold out and the the more positive we can be from the start, I think the better our eventual result will be. Given the way our season has started and our kind of ridiculous run of games, I think, you know, after this, looking at the next five games for Arsenal, it is Liverpool away, Liverpool away, Sheffield at home, City away, and then Leicester at home, and then United away. So that's a pretty uh, daunting six game, game
0: run of fixtures yeah, yeah a pretty
1: tough run of fixtures it is augmented by a international break but you know fortunately arsenal were able to take six points from six in the first you know the first two rounds and even if we end up you know bowing out of the the EFL cup the Carabao cup whatever you want to call it to liverpool i won't be terribly disappointed as we still will have the FA cup as well as the Europa League starting up in october
0: my question though is do you, as an Arsenal fan, I think this is probably Arteta's biggest test come, besides the FA Cup run, because I think that was a series of one-off games in which he managed exceptionally well. But I think in the league, Liverpool away is probably his toughest examination as a coach. And is there is there anything to take away if he does lose this game and Klopp does find a way to tinkered the Liverpool system enough to beat that Arsenal low block. I mean obviously Arteta is an, an incredibly young coach and he has shown that he, in, in a short amount of time he has completely turned around the morale of Arsenal and not only turned around the morale but has given them a spine which I think they've desperately needed. But is there a sense of if he does lose this game, oh, like we still have a lot of work left to do at the club? I mean
1: not not for me and not for a lot of Arsenal fans. I mean As I said before, I think we were slightly fortunate to get away with, you know, the two results against Liverpool like we did. At least in my mind, there's still plenty of work that needs to be done, particularly in just improving the actual people we have uh, in the squad. You know, the next six games becomes easier and easier if and when, uh, you know, we get another midfielder. in. I think it's a big drop off if we have to rotate our center mids and it goes from Xhaka Ceballos or Xhaka Elneni to, you know, Joe Willock and Elneny. For example, so I wouldn't put any stock in, you know, if Liverpool beat Arsenal, something has to change because, you know, I think Arteta no, I is saying that. Yeah, I no, I think that. I think Arteta tries to get the best out of his squad, and I think right. he's been pretty public with the fact that this is not the squad that he, you know, wants when all is said and done. When Arsenal face Liverpool later on in the year, and we have more healthy players, more options for Arteta, then we can, you know, assess him further, or maybe even next year when we get this fixture, but judging him on, you know, two fixtures back to back while we're still dealing with covid uh the transfer window is still open etc cetera, etc cetera. plus going up against the best team in England i don't think that there's any shame and you know as long as we don't come out and get absolutely shellacked as long as we don't basically look like you know chelsea
0: or unai Emery's it, team
1: or unai Emery's it it. team i i don't think that there's any real cause for concern i think that of the next sort of five league games, so that includes Liverpool, Sheffield, Leicester, United, and City, getting sort of nine points from those games, anywhere from eight to 10 points, I think, would be acceptable. You know, I think that this Liverpool game matters more in the context of the overall run than maybe it does as a single match. And I actually think, building
0: off of that point a little bit, I actually think that this game matters more for Liverpool than it matters to Arsenal. I think Liverpool need a definitive result to kickstart this Premier League campaign. The leads the leads result just showed that they have more quality finishing and a bit more of mental fortitude than a team coming up from the championship, albeit a team coached by Marcelo Bielsa, who play such an intricate brand of football that they really stifled Liverpool throughout the entirety of that game. And I don't think Liverpool filled me with a lot of confidence. In the Chelsea match, the first 45 minutes, you could say that Chelsea created better chances. Timo Werner maybe should have put a few goals in the back of the net in the first 45 minutes of that game. And obviously his struggles have continued today uh, at the Hawthorns, but now we'll save that for a podcast down the line. I think Liverpool, who then went on to dominate 45 minutes against a 10-man Chelsea, I don't think that's enough for me to be entirely confident with where we are. In the context of our season, getting a definitive result against a manager that Jurgen Klopp has yet to beat, both in the league and in a cup, competition cup match whatever you want to call the community shield i think is incredibly important to act as sort of a springboard for the defense of our title because liverpool we know they have all the quality in the world especially now with the additions of tiago and we haven't touched on them yet but i think getting in a rotational option like diogo jota is going to be incredibly key for the depth of this team going forward and attacking the title like Jurgen Klopp has said that he wants to do this season, but I haven't really seen that attack, you know, getting out in front of Arsenal early, asserting our dominance in a way that we haven't done so in the two games previous is going to be incredibly key for this Liverpool team. If Aubameyang gets a goal early, then Liverpool are going to need to to dig deep into that well of mental fortitude that they kind of needed to do in the previous two games, but more so, especially considering they haven't beaten this incarnation of Arsenal yet
1: score predictions
0: I'm going to go 3-1 to Liverpool the same scoreline as last year however I think it's going to be a much closer encounter
1: I was going to say 3-1 to Liverpool as well I still think it's going to be 3-1 to Liverpool but I think that in the cup game it's going to be Arsenal 2 Liverpool 0
0: I'm going to say we get another 5-5
1: Dude I wish that game was so <laughs> much fun I mean that game was just I think like 7 of the 10 goals were were bangers It wouldn't surprise me, especially because our squad is somewhat thin in terms of elite talent. I I think we're going to see another, you know, we're going to see a partial rotation from Arsenal in that cup game. We're not going to see a full rotation just because, you know, between Tierney's recurring injury problems, the sort of four injured center backs that we have. I just don't think that that's something that we can necessarily do. And obviously Liverpool are going to rotate pretty heavily, so it should be fun. Because I think that'll, that'll be a significantly more even game than the league game, but I don't know. I mean, here's to uh, some entertaining fixtures, I don't and- know.
0: there's every chance though that this game mirrors or the league cup game uh, does mirror that incredible five-five outing from last season around this time. Actually, it's almost a mirror image.
1: I think it was actually I think it was actually a month ago, yesterday, or sorry, pardon me, a year ago, yesterday.
0: Yeah, I just, the goals that Liverpool scored, the goals that Arsenal scored, I remember that Joe Willock. Yeah, Joe Willock Joe oh scored God. his best
1: goal ever in that yeah. game. The Divock Origi. The Divock Origi okay. scored a, the equalizer in like the 89th minute and then yeah. they went to penalties.
0: Alex Lockley chamberlain I think, scored a goal from outside the box in that game. Yeah, that game was absurd.
1: Yeah, it was a fun game.
0: Here, here, hoping we get another one of those. I uh, Personally, the games against Arsenal are always high quality viewing experiences for me because I think like Liverpool, Arsenal value a aesthetically pleasing brand of soccer. Certainly Arteta has emphasized that along with you know building off of the spine, which he wants to integrate into this team. I think defensive stability was his first task, and now I think you're seeing the aesthetics of Arteta ball just in the way that Klopp, I think, prioritizes the fun of soccer and the entertainment of soccer, and I think entertaining the people is what both of these teams do. And I think we're going to see another entertaining two
1: clashes next week. Absolutely. And I think there's plenty of respect to go around between the two teams.
0: Either way, I'm I'm nervously anticipating this one. I think it's going to be a close game. Hopefully, Liverpool can make it nine points out of nine and uh, put a little damper on the Arteta party over there at Arsenal. But I've certainly been impressed with the way that uh, the Gunners have come out this season.
1: Wish I could say the same about Liverpool. Anyways, <laughs> wow! <laughs> it was such just a jovial kidding. and nice just podcast. Just kidding, just kidding. This is call it revenge for your your presence comment right. in the preview episode. Alrighty then.
0: Well, we'll see you on Monday. We'll be back with the full podcast early next week, and we're going to dive into all of the news coming out of this weekend and the previous week. There is certainly a lot to cover, but until then, I've been Nick Minden. Nathan Strauss, and we will see you all next time.